Baxter Boot Studios with the amazingly talented um, Darwin Girl, Jessica Malboy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, you just released a new album. Mm. Well, is it released yet? It's not released. It's 18th not released. of October is the release date. Yeah. Um, I've chosen to kind of, for not just myself, but the record label, um, and because I haven't released anything creatively as a whole complete record for about maybe six years. Mm-hmm. So it's been six years in the making of, of, of Hilda, the record. And um, basically I really wanted to take my time with it. I um, Previously with other records, I'd, you know, I would write it in a year and the year after it'd be released. Um, very, and, very hip-hop. Yeah, it's yeah. very <laughs> that kind of just get it out there, whatever you can, boom, 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 not really thinking and this time around, I just felt like I had a lot of time and a lot of patience um, just to think and mm-hmm. um, think outside the box and work with the people that I want to work with and, and it not just be like, oh, I work with that person because that person's, um, you know, written songs for that legend or, you know, has, you know, collaborated with that particular person. It was purely who I felt really comfortable with to share that deep stories mm-hmm. with and to be safe with and and not have any kind of doubt applied mm-hmm. uh, on that process, which I've had obviously, you know, in, in that experience and I just wanted to do something that was completely just my process mm-hmm. and not having someone in the background saying, oh, no, I don't think that's going to work, mm-hmm. where I was kind of really dictating and, and taking control this is, time. Is that a new thing? Because you, you kind of came out of a... a Almost mm. military environment, really. <laughs> yeah. <when you> <laughs> True <laughs> God, honestly, it was pretty military. I mean, you know, I, I think having left that, right, yeah, left right. it was pretty much like that. Um, and 2006 was the beginning of that. Mm. I mean, um, before that, I was singing country music. I was busking. I was mm. doing something that was quite free. And the freedom of that really excited me. Once I'd kind of hit this kind of pop um world it was very um it was very straight for me and i think i'd kind of i mean my soul and spirit was still there mm-hmm. but it never got the opportunity and never got a chance it was it was always kind of all right we need to make hits we need to make hits and that really scared me a lot i think that put instilled a lot of fear in me that um and i'd kind of lost my you know kind of lost the ability to kind of just sing freely mm. and whatever that was going to be or whatever was going to what I was going to thinking or saying it kind of kind of there was a template under. there yeah. was a template there um so yeah I just um this in saying that it, it really taught me I guess the values the respect and the acknowledgement to myself and I started to begin a process of kind of healing and and you know putting up that shield um, gaining that strength and that confidence again um, to be able to write this, you know, this kind of dream record. This yeah. this record is pretty much my dream that I've been dreaming, sleeping on, waking up to, thinking, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And um, and finally I just kind of built up that strength to go, you know what, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, I'm doing it. And um, 
don't really care what you say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was it? Is it free? <laughs> free? Yeah, mm. it's um, yeah, it's it is definitely freedom. This record, and I think that time that I got to spend back with my family, um, to retell those stories, to kind of um, re-engage and reconnect was was my biggest um, was my biggest mission for this record. So, is that how you uh you escaped? the idol machine, you know? Yeah, well, because it was just constant after that. I mean, I was just, yeah, again, being pulled left, right. Mm. And, you know, everyone kind of wanted a piece of that. And I was happy to give that because music is that. Music is for everyone and it's definitely a healer. It has so many different tools and power. And um, I I was really happy to give that because I saw the change. I saw the transformation from someone being so completely um, in their emotions to finding where they need to go and watching that transition was um, was such a gift mm. back to me. So, you know, I, I was happy to give that no matter, you know, that I had to kind of step in uncomfortable um, potholes. But mm. I... Um, I did and I, I also enjoyed part of it, which was really weird. I, I loved the uh, the experience of flying around and getting to meet people and seeing, di- you know, people's different process in yeah. music, whether it was writing, whether it was thinking it in thought process, um, to then physically projecting what that was through the microphone. Um, but loved it, loved the kind of, I mean, mad people, yeah. you know, that I got to meet, but, I, you know, I mean... You know, I saw that within my own family. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it was probably the people that weren't mad that were, were doing your head in. You know, the yeah. seven-year-old label executive, like, mate, come on. <laughs> I know that they're they're represented in the back corner of the studio. We'll keep it down, but I'll just say we did have an interview with Five Seconds of Summer, and I think they uh, they might be yeah, in a little bit of that military zone at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think they're just I think they're just on the way out now. You know, I yeah. love them. You know, I know, like I respect everyone and their their way and their process, and I think it was. It was it was awesome for me to kind of take that road to kind of the un the awkwardness the kind of moments of like mm, that's actually not how you know the conversations even. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, you were just raised on Slim Dusty, right? <laughs> <laughs> he got to Slim write Dusty, every song he wanted to write. Charlie Pride, Patsy Cline, yeah, you know, yeah. What, it's just um, bit of Troy. Bit of Troy Casadaly, yeah. definitely. Um, huge fan. Um, Alan Jackson, definitely. Mum played a lot of Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn. And, um, but, yeah, Charlie Pride was a big hit yeah. uh, in our family. And, I mean, going back to music, I'm one of five girls. So my three older sisters, um, my older sister listened to bit rap on, music. Bit of on vogue. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my, well, my elder sister was like Biggie, yeah, um, right. Tupac, very heavy on Tupac, but then obviously had this kind of soft soul side and she listened to quite a bit of Mariah. My second older sister obviously took that um, musical influence and began to um, be uh, – find that love for Mariah and Mariah. Mariah and the Spice Girls. Yeah. yeah, right. And it was just that music time where, you know, we were being hit with radio and the only thing that, you know, we did listen to was either, you know, Rage Watch was Rage and and or um yeah, radios. Yeah. But uh and then be out having to like record them on our cassette cassette recorders. Um like I remember doing that so so deeply and then my third older sister was like Hanson's and Backstreet Boys and so we had a combination of not only dad's traditional Indonesian music but mom's traditional music her love of country music 
And then my older sisters, what they played heavily, um, you know, when we'd hang out with them or they'd have to babysit us. So um, it was just kind of passed down music, but we had a bit of everything, which yeah. is so nice. Mm. Yeah. Now, were you more of a TLC family or more of a Destiny's oh, Child family? Oh, TLC, definitely, <laughs> for life, I think. Um, and obviously that's, you know, from my older sister, she was like, she loved T-Boz. So yeah. she even, I remember her one day coming home um, and she didn't live with us, but um, she lived with my my dad's um, parents. And she came home and she had this kind of mullet cut oh, yeah. like T-Boz. And I, we were just sort of like, what she are you doing? <laughs> just, but the influence of music was, was even heavy at that time, I remember. And um, just I enjoyed it visually because mm. it was kind of, you know, coming from like uh, – 80s into the 90s look and then you kind of had this kind of ministry soul infusion which is like Labouche or I love to love I love to love you and then into like I mean and then that's when again country was just coming back in yeah. and you had your Shania yeah. Twain and you had yeah. your um, how do I live with yeah. a you and Madonna too oh Madonna huge yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. 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 yeah yeah so um there was just so much kind of... Um, yeah, it was coming back in around that time. I'm trying to think who else... And then of... I think it, it kind of went out with Taylor Swift yeah, when yeah. she came in and was like, actually... <laughs> actually... I, I can I can cash a lot more checks <laughs> with a bit <laughs> of a dance <laughs> beat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she did really... Like, I mean, looking at her process was insane. I mean, she had... Take me somewhere we could be alone. I mean, that was her like major, major hit, country pop. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she was just like the queen. When your old man's heard that song, you know know it's a hit. (laughs) Now, tell us that the Aboriginal community um, Mm. in the top end has had a much longer history with Indonesia than, Mm. you know, than your family. Yeah. um, (laughs) Than just your family. Mm. Had. Did, what was it like walking in both worlds growing up? Oh, it was pretty easy because, mm. I mean, not only did I get to experience being being in Yulungamata um, culture, but I also, I mean, my dad took us every Christmas to spend three months in Indonesia. You know, as soon as we were born, we went over and, right. you know, we went to the villages and mainly to um, a place where my, dad, my, my dad's parents are from. So there's a place called... Um, well, it's Timor Leste, so it's from from the East Timorese side, but from West Timor. Yeah. So we had such a, um, I mean, they also had a different dialect to speak, but we got to learn Bahasa. Yeah. So, um, bisa, uh, bisa Bahasa sedikit saja, tapi, tapi, I just said, um, I can speak a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was one of those things where my dad also spoke to us um, at home, on, you know, under the roof. And he, um, yeah, it was, I mean, my da- my mother as well, having lost both of her parents so young, she found, I guess, um, an incredible relationship with my father who then his parents took her under, yeah, right. you know, t- took her under their house and taught her everything that they could. And so my my mother basically learnt um, the Indonesian way as well as learnt the language, speaks it fluently, cooking, knows how to cooking. cook yeah. the <laughs> incredible <laughs> cuisines. Like, So we grew up with such both both rich cultures and, yeah, like when I think about it, I just like, 
I think also being outdoors and being so worldly about the two different um, ways of living and styles of teaching and preaching um, were just so worldly. It already became it already became about the world for me growing up and not just you know living in Darwin but it became oh you know well that place on the map or that place on the map and what you know it was I was already kind of invited to to the rest of the world and and teaching myself that there was something bigger and yeah the Indo community in Darwin it's quite big yeah so it's you huge just, you yeah got, you weren't just like you know outsiders you, no you had, you had a lot <laughs> we were, well my dad was pretty much um and his parents were very heavily um when my when my grandfather came, my opa came to Indonesia was um, doing, I guess Indonesian exchanges, so um, Indonesian goods, um, and he was um, it was f- it was a few weeks before Cyclone Tracy, in fact, and he was over working on the wharf there, and um, it was it was around it was the, it was the day. It was the day before that they had just received that they were all heading back to uh, back to Indonesia, so the visas were up. They needed right. to go back, and I think at the time my father was like, you know, it's so good here. Like, um, and there were people that were going to go and hide yeah. and go hide on the farm, and um, because they'd had such a wonderful experience, and obviously they saw the future of possibly living here yeah. in this country, and. Um, so determined he went with the, another group of um, men and women who knew of this farm and he went with them and they went in hiding in a shed and it was that that next day that um, Cyclone Tracy hit and in yeah, his um, language in 1974. Yeah. Yeah, it was... 1974. Christmas Day. It was Christmas Day. Oh, 1974. Um there's a few stories here, but yeah. So my grandfather, so my, he was hiding in a shed. Yeah, so he's hiding in a shed Jesus. with another lady um, <laughs> on Christmas. On yeah. Christmas with another man and uh, two other men, and um, and basically he saw the the, the corrugated the, the roof come off, and he basically they held on to. I think they were just like big, massive crates. They were huge crates and. Um, he said in his language, he looked up and it was for a few seconds and it felt like um, felt like 10 minutes, he said. It was like 10 minutes. And then he closed his eyes and he kind of cuddled back up again. And then it was over, he'd said. Um, and when he came out, every, obviously everything was completely flat, he had said. And he went into town, there was, there was completely nothing. And by that point they were all helping to clean up the debris and find people and um i mean just just that was like him telling the story in, in yeah. bahasa in, in indonesian was like Very yeah we, i mean i think we i remember just being like like really shaken by it and just i i wouldn't know but also the meaning behind that he really wanted to live a new life yeah. and that he wanted to bring his family over and, and work really hard and learn the Australian way um, and um, yeah he uh, he was just really determined and not long after that I think he was granted a um, an Australian yeah yeah so the the mayor at the time he was like you know what thank you for helping right. clean up and you know and bury people and um, um, yeah and just uh, clean up 
the whole of Darwin. And I think I, not long after that, my my opa um, worked for the Darwin City Council and he rebuilt the um, the Botanic Gardens there. Right. Yeah. Now, is opa, is that the Portuguese in... Um is it Portuguese? Yeah, there's an inf- Dutch yeah. influence. Oh, Dutch, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 right. So you do have a lot of language, yeah, like outside of because I mean, there's a lot of language groups, yeah, with the Aboriginal community up there, but you've also got, I mean, there's huge languages <laughs> other in Indonesia, <laughs> <laughs> no. a lot. yeah, yeah, don't even, I can't even, I mean, um. Nakfono is the place that my, my grandfather, my opa, grew up in and they had a whole different dialect. Um, so, and I remember going back there as a kid and, I mean, they still live in, um, like, bush huts, um, handmade um, uh, tree huts mm-hmm. and, you know, you go get the water from the well and no electricity still um, but use fire and, and trade um, by their farms, yeah, to to survive and eat, yeah. Now, you before uh, Idol, mm-hmm. which is obviously, I mean, we'll, we'll go into it, but you've got a lot of different groups of fans. Like, yeah, you, you, oh, okay. you come through the reality crowd, <laughs> and then you were a, like a NRL ambassador for a year or two, and then of course you raped, roped in the Rainbow Mafia with uh, Eurovision. And yeah. then, <laughs> so crazy, so many different experiences imagine, that have allowed to I kind imagine of. Imagine it goes off at NADOC too. Yeah. When, <laughs> yeah. When well, through. <laughs> yeah. I guess my first, my first kind of um, audience, you know, was was definitely the kind of country pub scene. Yeah. Right. Um, a good base, good foundation. Yeah, and I just remember also, you know, um, being given my first $50 and I remember my dad saying, no, 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 give it back. And, um, you know, and then I kind of said to the old man after singing a few songs on, on the karaoke machine at the airport hotel, um, I was like, oh, no, I don't, don't want your money. And that was the kind of, kind of um, first experience of like, oh, wow, that's, I mean – not only does music have that power to <laughs> give money, but, you know, just kind of, um, you know, again, talking earlier about um, having people become present and, and maybe, you know, it might be the hit of the lyrics or um, that um, allows them to sit with whatever they're going through at the time. But, yeah, just, um, I, I mean, that was my first experience of, like, what that particular audience felt like and then and then idol came along and that was a whole kind of dictated how do you make that decision you're going to be an idol obviously you were season three Um, season four i didn't make that decision my my father did oh actually my mother did um so thank thanks to my mom who um you know, pushed the pushed me to you <laughs> yeah, like she always does in such a good way. Like I feel my parents were never stage parents. They never kind of got me ready to the point or told me, "Oh, you have to wear this. You have to wear that." Or you have to look like this. But um, they wouldn't let you miss an opportunity. They would never. No. They would yeah. never. Um, so, you know, Dad borrowed money um, from a really good friend of his um, to fly. My, myself and my my mother to Alice Springs at the time because they'd they 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 travelled through the year before but they then they missed um, missed that year so they they ended up going to Alice Springs um, 
I don't know, maybe for a scenic view. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not quite sure. But, um, so I thought they might have missed people. In the but maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, they didn't go to Darwin. Yeah, they didn't go to Darwin that year. Jeez. They missed out. So you and went so, to the next closest yeah, centre. So, <laughs> so we ended up finding out that they weren't coming. So Dad was like, oh, I don't know, are you going to get there in time? How about just wait so he came home that afternoon i just finished school and mum and dad were sitting at the table and it's i was like this is awkward this is weird what is going on i know this feeling like <laughs> i almost kind of i remember this and um yeah and dad's like oh bob no bob i sit sit at the table and mum's looking at me and i'm like oh okay i know well, i know I what helped. something something's <laughs> wrong anyway Dad's like, oh, so you know that Idol's not coming to Darwin, but it's going to be in Alice Springs. So mum and I um, borrowed some money and we're going to get you and mum to Alice Springs. And there was I, like, I was just like, I don't want to do this. I, I, I don't want it. Um, I actually don't want it. And I think that's when the fear crept in. I was like, the whole idea of being on national TV is I don't, it's not my thing. Like, I don't really care. Um, and like, I love music, but I don't. I'm not that passionate to go on television to sing my lungs out like that. And and anyway, some dad's like pleading. He's like, no, Bob, this is good. Let's, you know, you, you want, I know you want this. So let's let's just give it a go. It's just an audition. So mum and I uh, went to the convention center there. Um, we didn't see any people. We were like, where's all the people? Sure. <laughs> we were freaking out. It was like, um, <clears throat> Mom, are we in the right place? And then she reckoned, oh, I got a text message from this person um, said to contact them and uh, a bus is coming to come pick us up. So I was like, a bus? Well, where are we going? Where's the audition? She's like, oh, they've changed the location. So we get in this bus and everyone's on there. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. And Mom's like, well, we're here now, so we can't, we can't go back <laughs> And your father's already paid, you know, for this ticket. We can't. Do that or we go sightseeing. Yeah, house. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so we get to this 40 case out of Alice Springs. We get to this kind of um, this place and it was just pretty much red dirt, you know, like tumbleweeds tumbling everywhere. And um, it felt like, you know, we were kind of in a country western film. Was it a cinematography it, it was, thing? It was very – it was <laughs> Quite incredible. I mean, yeah. the wind was, it was legit howling. Like it was just coming through the trees and just kind of echoing the trees. And then next minute we're all kind of in this little shed, like tinny shed waiting um, to audition. And around the corner, you'd walk around the corner and, you know, there's the judges in front of this old um, rustic um, abandoned house. So Mike, it comes to my turn and um, I'm probably like the third last mm -hmm. and I walk out, I'm just, you know, my little 16-year-old self and um, in my mind I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to forget the lyrics. I'm going to forget the lyrics. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already forgetting the lyrics. They say hi. I think it was Mark, Marsha and Kyle. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Kyle Sanderland. Sanderland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm looking, at, I'm looking at all of them going, oh, shit, like this is. Okay, all right. This is hardcore now. So they're like, "What are you going to sing for us?" And Thank um, God you had Marsha there. Like, yeah, mm. think yeah. about those two other yeah. personalities. You <laughs> yeah, had well, they Mark Holt and <laughs> Carl Sanders. They were getting a little bit, like you know, like a little bit smart assy yeah. with me. And yeah. I knew at the time, I was like, I, I knew that kind of sarcasm that yeah. was kind of spinning as they were like, "Oh, it's a big song," and I'm like, "Oh." 
yeah, yeah, it's a, it is a big song, <laughs> but I'm, I'll try and nail it, you know, like in my kind of courtesy was just like, okay, I'll just, I'll try and do this for you. Anyway, so um, I begin to sing. I was like, I have nothing, nothing, nothing if I don't have you. And then... Um, Touchdown. Yeah, it was just like... <laughs> It was one of those things where I'd seen everyone kind of come back from the from the auditions and sit sit back into the shed, and everyone was like, "Oh, I stuffed it up. I swallowed a fly." And uh, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna probably get about ten of them," you know. And so I opened my mouth and sing that particular song, um, but nothing. It was just so. It was like straight up sweet. Like you know, I was like, "Okay, I've done it." What do you think? And then, yeah, yeah they obviously let me through. You're coming to Sydney. Got, you're going to Sydney, yeah. um, Mark reckons. Um, but, yeah, after that, I was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. But anyway, it was two weeks after that that we ended up um, flying into Sydney and it was during winter. And Were they flying you at this stage? Or you, yeah. You, so, you didn't have to pony up after that? Yeah, so that? they flew us there straight there and it was the – I think at that point it was straight up the top 100. Okay. And then from top 100 went to top 50 and it was like through a week that we were auditioning. So top 50, um, top 40, and then it was down to uh, 25 to the 12th. Yeah, top 12 then, which then went on to the live performances. Um, but yeah, like uh, so many different ages, um, uh, so many different kind of scheduling and like early morning starts, late finishes. Yeah, it was quite robotic. It became like this kind of world that I didn't expect yeah. to experience so quickly and heavy. Um, most of the most of the time, it was being kind of very repetitive. I remember like talking to the behind the scenes camera crew, and there was like there was like oh you know either dictated. So it was like you know. Oh, I don't want to go too deep, but yeah, it was almost kind of really weird for me and it kind of through the process was quite annoying. Yeah. And I remember my mum got annoyed at one point. She was like, oh, I can't handle this. And like just so many people like, um, Bob, I'll stay for like for the, for the next few weeks and I'll get your dad to, you know, to, to fly. Because um, it was quite, it, it came from being quite, Quiet and on a rhythm to like just boom, like it was what crazy. What was school too, by the way? Didn't yes, school. <laughs> so I ended up. So after Idol, I did go back to school, right. um, and that was obviously the kind of run, runner up. Yeah. Um, and it was about a month um, after. So you were just like, about a month or two months that I received a a. Um, from the record label, a invitation to be a part of the family, yeah. and um, wasn't quite sure. Didn't know exactly what it, what I wanted to do with music because I kind of had that wild experience. And I remember just saying to myself throughout the whole Idol experience, "I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to see all my sisters. I want to see, I want to see dad. And mom's getting cranky, and I just don't want to do it. Like it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Um, and." Uh, you know, and just being away from home. I think that was kind of like the, the the hardest bit was just being in a big city, not being familiar with it, not knowing how it operates. Like it was just 
I didn't didn't know what to expect, but it really drove me to just want to go home. And eventually went home, went back to finish school, and then ended up getting a bit of a high profile yeah, in the schoolyard. Yeah, yeah, it was it was weird because I also had quite um, girls that started to apply, or you think you're up yourself now, or you oh, think yeah. you're really good, oh, yeah. or you think you're it's all poppy. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of that, and I just kind of kept to myself. I you know I built I built myself around you know really good friends and people and good I had really good instincts, so I knew you know you know. Um, what kind of people I wanted to hang around. And I, I never formed any kind of groups. I never kind of stuck into any groups. I was kind of a very solo kind of person who just loved people or loved people's energy. And if it was good, I'd, I'd be attracted to that and um, be lit by that. Um, but, yeah, I was never kind of into that kind of groupy kind yeah. of thing. So was your experience a few years before uh, going to Tamworth, was that a bit tamer? Tamer, yes, definitely. So you much calmer. Fourteen, yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, much younger. Fourteen. Yeah. So I'd kind of had the experience of what a competition felt like. Yeah, right. I mean, even the country scene was quite catty. I must say, um, <laughs> a lot of the girls would the kind of, Yeah, oh, like, I swear, like there was some girls that um, had the whole outfit, the tassels, the kind of, of the gear. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like, like it's very. American in that. Mm, Very influenced by... Yeah, it it doesn't really seem like it's mm. wholly Australian. Yes. That's why we're missing Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that's when I kind of, you know, that's where I kind of got the first perfect experience of Mm -hmm. like, oh, it does feel quite American country um, style. And, you know, with the whole kind of applied makeup to, I was, ne- again, I was never pushed into that. Like mum and dad never, like I remember just going to Kmart and, you know, buying a, a white t-shirt and yeah. just yeah. some jeans and just wore my sneakers. And yeah. it was just something that um, I just loved and enjoyed the process of how country music and storytelling it is that I just never allowed it to get to me in that way that um, visually mm-hmm. affect me yeah well I guess it, it was then where they kind of learned that it might have been worth a punt on having <laughs> a ticket to Alice Springs you know, yeah. a couple of years later it's like oh yeah <laughs> got well, I, well yeah. the the amazing part about that experience was I um I the prize was to um experience the Camerata school so I went and um got to see I think it was Adam Harvey um yeah. Adam Brand and um, another amazing um, musician, songwriter. Um, I don't know, Jake. Jake. Oh, no, I'm gonna, yeah, it's going to haunt me. Um, but he helped with a lot of the auditioning. So yeah, right. when people would go on or people would be practicing in this particular um, area, he would go and kind of help them tune and you know, what are you going to do? Like, is there anything, uh, you know, give advice basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just remember um, having a few lessons with them and um, learning how to write and express um, a lot more. And I kept a journal, I kept a diary that I always kind of, you know, put the date written, you know, what had happened that day or if I'd um, remembered a, a lyric that I'd, I'd write it in that journal. And I remember having that and, Written, written a few songs, having experience, um, Tamworth, um, and uh, I remember um, at that time too. Not long after that, I flew back into Sydney. Oh, we drove back into Sydney. Sorry, and um, 
part of the prize was to record, re-record uh, or record a song. And I remember I had help from the, the, the team or the company at the time that was um, organising the event, um, advise on a few songs um, that were kind of could, could work. And one of the songs on there that was really, really familiar was um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. And I, I never thought of it in the country version, but um, when I went into the studio and I had um, one of the um, sound engineers um, pull up what he'd been working on as a country version of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun, I was just like, I just fell in love. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> and put my vo- put my vocals to it and it was kind of like the, the second time recording that I'd ever done and heard my voice um, through a studio and and on a CD um, that I just kind of it, it really um, it was it was quite magic. It was like yeah. it felt like magic, and I remember my heart was always my, my face was beaming, like I was just smiling, and I couldn't I couldn't get rid of it. It was just it was too exciting that um, I knew even then that this was going to be something. I don't know how it was going to evolve or you know what the steps are going to be in the future, but I know deeply that this is something I'm going to do. And just kind of, you know, things just started to come up, opportunities like Idol, not long after Idol, record label, um, to then writing my very first record here in Sydney. And um, it was just kind of, and I wanted it, I knew I wanted it, but deeply there was just things like, there was all that kind of doubt as you, you always have. Um, in something that you love. Do you reckon? You do you reckon you could have? Been, it would have been a parallel universe if you'd gotten up there in Alice Springs and sung, uh, you know, a Kev comedy song, or a, or, or a country song. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it would have worked out. Do you think you got a country album in you? Is I that, do. Is that the retirement plan, by the way? You know a couple what? of golden guitars. <laughs> it's something that I've been thinking. Like it's been weighing on my heart because, yeah. I mean, again, like I deeply. I was so lucky to have... You're a true fan. It, yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be made up. No, yeah. Like, I, I definitely love it. Like, I... Um, Good management in the back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Sony rep, by the way. <laughs> um, no, I, it's, it's definitely something that I've I've spoken very... Um, I've been out, you know, spoken out loud um, in a lot of my interviews and a lot of um, collaborations with... Um, even overseas, like it, it's been something that um, has been manifesting and I feel definitely in the future sometime. I mean, um, one of my greatest moments was meeting Charlie Pride oh, and yeah. I bought a ticket, well, secretly bought a ticket from my mom um, to fly uh, down into Sydney and I didn't I didn't tell her what it was. But um, when, when they got to shake hands, my mom was like... It, what? <laughs> like, is this happening, Baba? And um, this, the light on her face was just like the ultimate. And and I, I guess too, becoming a fan of, of Charlie Pride, you know, since I was a little girl, having witnessed my mum being so connected with his music, I, yeah, I just, um, I was 
so um, taken by it and, and needed to have my mum there and experience all the crystal chandelier of the paintings on the wall. Well, you um, don't also you, you you don't want to take that story back to your mum. No, and being like you should have been there. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? exactly. <laughs> no, I had to. I, I knew that he was in town, and it was you know when I found out, I was like, oh, it was so last minute. But I was like, mum, I booked this flight. Um, I've already paid for it. So all you got to do is just hop on the plane, just bring like a, um, you know, an outfit and we'll do the rest. And so mom was like, what is going on? She was freaking out. And anyway, she landed, got her a car straight to the venue. And yeah, it was like, boom, we were watching Charlie Pride together and it was just such an awesome moment. Yeah. yeah. Did you do much? Were you like one of those drama kids at school? Because you kind of walked right into the Sapphires and were a natural talent. Like, I did drama at school. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miss Sara was my drama teacher in in um, in high school. So if you're if you're listening, Miss Sara, I just want to say thank you. That's um, all the training I had. Yeah. No, it, she was awesome. She was just really just kind of both introvert and extrovert. She was. She would come into the drama school and. Um, in the, into drama class and, you know, even even really perky in the mornings. And I just thought, wow, this woman is so incredible. Like, I mean, I know she's a teacher and she has to put up with such crap, but, like, I just want to be a really good student and, like, really take in everything that she knows about drama and mm. method acting training. And, and, yeah, it was just one of those kids that saw kind of the deeper side of, a person and could feel their energy and understand when not to give it to them mm -hmm. and and when to give it to them. So yeah, she was she was one of my favorite teachers. Um apart from Rolfie. Hey Rolfie. <laughs> He'd be listening to <laughs> shout outs. Um but uh yeah, like she was she really kind of instilled um a whole nother unashamed kind of light in me which I was very quiet. Um, I was a very quiet kid considering how how music kind of affected me mm. and allowed me to really jump out and get out of my comfort zone. But um, she on another level of without music allowed me to express verbally and, and physically. Yeah. And I just remember kind of swaying my arms around and, you know, acting like different kinds of animals and, and not, you know, and in front of my class and not, being afraid of doing that but learning how to be active in my body and being really in tune with how those emotions are whether it was angry whether it was happy whether it was confused like what does confused look like yeah. um but not just in my face and in my mind really in my body like mm -hmm. what is what is what do those things look like and yeah. she was able to really tap those tap that into me which was really fun and cool and um and I just remember taking all of that experience and, and applying that to not only brand new day but the sapphires as well which was which was um heavily based on on expression yeah. and physicality so yeah. sorry brand new day was the first film brand new day was my first um musical film yeah. um which you know um only dingo Deborah mailman I mean you've got you've got to work with I mean, the who's who of the top end, for yeah. sure. I mean, just looking at the Sapphires, you've got Shari. Shari Sevens, Miranda uh, Tapsell. Warwick Thornton. Warwick yeah. Thornton. Yeah. Like, what a guy. <laughs> like, he's one of those people that he's so... He's a true cowboy. He's walk. a cowboy, the <laughs> yeah. walkie. Yeah. Um, Learned so much of him, even from him just being so quiet and sitting there, like, was observing him. Um, And he's kind of like a walking film, like... Mm. 
is a view like I feel like every time I'm looking at Warwick I, I feel like Turn I'm watching a film yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and even you know like Wayne Wayney Wayne Blair like mm -hmm. he's another fella who's just like I feel like I'm, I'm watching a film um, Rachel Perkins was, you know, obviously my first love introduction to, to film. She got me my first gig. Um, was that Blackfellow Films? That was, yeah. Yeah, right. And, um, but also to like, you know, working um, with incredible talent like Dan Sultan. De Deborah Melman, Dan <laughs> Sultan. Um, you know, what a fella too. Mm. Like, I think that was his very first gig too. And like, we were just kind of on the same level. Yeah. We, got, we really helped each other out with, with yeah. our scripts. And when we did um, around the table um, script readings, he was, um, he, I mean, I was just as nervous as he was. And um, I think our energy is kind of, um, allowed each other to be a, little, a lot more calmer on set, and I mean, Ani Ningali. I mean, I mean, rest in peace. Like she, she taught me a lot too. I mean, we did a lot of breathing exercises. Um, you know, so there's a lot of techniques that I learned from a lot of people along the way, and I'm just really grateful for them. I just want to, you know, say a huge thank you to you know the team of Brand New Day Sapphires for you know giving me that chance and and that air to be able to do something like that. Well, Dan said, we interviewed Dan Sultan, and he said when he goes back up to Broome, that film could have been released yeah, yesterday in Broome because yeah. it's the biggest, you know, it's the biggest film they've got. So the kids yeah. kind of get a bit shocked if he looks a bit different. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and that too, like I was just recently there on over the weekend. and They expect you to still be 17, yeah, 19. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, again, like the expectations of, you know, looking back at my 16-year-old self on Idol. Mm. I mean, I think people still expect me to be that same 16-year-old quiet, mm. kind of, you know, naive kind of gal. And I... And you're like, uh, I've done a song of Flo Rida since then, guys. You know, so. yeah, like... Snoop <laughs> 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 Dogg, please. Um, but, like, there, yeah, there's just... You know, there's just, like, it's crazy. I mean, I think once you kind of left... You know, and you know, someone sitting in their lounge room or having seen that, they don't get to see me every day. But um, they only get to see me in, you know, a few bulks here and there. So I, I mean, I understand it from that side, but I, and and respect that. But I also kind of think, yeah, wow, like to still be those people, still be stuck in that time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there would have been amazing moments. I still have those girls who were watching those young girls who were watching that time who are now, you know, 18 years old mm. and who are grown adults now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they've changed as well. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, you know, we're all kind of moving really fast and quickly. Now, you've got a lot of uncles and aunts, as you've been mentioning, that have been around you. What about Uncle Snoop? How was he? <laughs> How was that uh, as, a, as a kind of mentor in this yeah. uh, multifaceted career you've had? Yeah, um, the dog was crazy. I mean, he... Um, and so much respect to my my older sisters because they introduced his music to me. Again, Doggy style. Back. That was good, yeah. Yeah, the D-O-G. <laughs> um, and I, I think, yeah, I, I like I remember meeting him the first time and I was like, what? I wish my sister Sandra was here to like, <laughs> to, uh, the look on her face. This, this is, is her, her Charlie Pride this moment. This is her moment. <laughs> like, wow. And I remember calling, I went back to, I was in Atlanta at the time and, I went back to the hotel and I, I rang all my sisters. And I was like, Sandra, oh my God, you wouldn't believe I just met Snoop. And he had just done a 10 minute rap over one of my songs, Get Em Girls. And, um, and yeah, and like, she was like, what the fuck? Oh, sorry. She was like, what the <laughs> heck? Um, and I just, 
I just like hearing her voice. I was I could just imagine even her body language. She's like, "Are you you're lying?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not." He was just in the studio and he just laid down his you know his part on the song. Um, and I, I went through the lyrics. I was like, "You can tell him that you got it from the boss dog. I got the hookup, hookup under the rainbow." <laughs> like it just pretty much did the whole thing for her. And she's like, "No way!" It was a full Snoop Dogg experience. We, yeah, we were like screaming, and um, he was so lovely. I must say, my first kind of um, introduction to him was, you know, he'd loved us. He basically said, "Look, I love Australia. I heard this. I heard the song. Bangladesh sent it to me, and I like. I straight up loved it." And sorry, um, Bangladesh is the one they always say at the start of the song, Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah Bangladesh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was he was crazy too because the day before he had basically said. I'd finished the track and he was like, this song is really, really cool. Um, I have a really good friend that may want to, you know, put something down. Are you, you know, are you okay for that to happen? I said, yeah, cool, whatever. And not realising, so when I walked in, there was Snoop and I'm From just like, this is crazy. This is like, This is crazy. And Was this in LA? This was in Atlanta. Yeah, right, Atlanta, right, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd spent about, I think I'd spent about, uh, two months in Atlanta and I was just working with just people who had never left Atlanta, mm. like that don't even have passports. Yeah, and right. It freaked me out because I'm like, I've traveled all the way over here across the seas <laughs> from my country. Um, you don't need to leave never Atlanta, left your, do you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you've, never left your, you've never seen outside of this place. And they're like, nope. I'm like, okay, <laughs> will you ever? And they're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. They're just, yeah, they're just proper hard. They got an Olympics in Atlanta. They don't need it. Like, yeah. It's yeah. a big city. It's a big city. <laughs> they got everything they need. Um, but yeah, it was just like like telling them the stories of like growing up at Bush. Like they were just like shocked yeah, by yeah, yeah. by that. They were like, no, but you you have you got snakes and yeah. you got crocodiles and you you got sharks. Like yeah. why would you even swim in your water? I'm like, well, we just kind of adapt. You yeah, do yeah. when you live in that kind of place. Crocs don't come near you when you got a no, hundred kids don't. in the water. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's there's certain seasons, you know. Yeah. So we've learned how to adapt and you know and survive in our natural environment. Did you get to hear your song in the clubs in Atlanta? Yeah, I did. So um, that's where they test them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I've I've just finished writing um, Saturday Night with Ludacris, and um, and it was crazy because he was another fellow that was so down to earth, really cool. Um, again, just loved experience in Australia, and um, he's a, I just really love the way you guys live, and I love hearing that. That kind of really, you know, rocks my boat. And like, oh well, I definitely even live and have experienced a really great upbringing in, you know, in, you said in my you country. Been to Darwin yet, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait for it. Um, but yeah, he just I, like a lot of them think of of Australia as just like a weapon. Like mm. it's, I mean. This, the, the the weather or the animals, like it's so crazy. That's the first thing that they talk about. But um, anyway, so um, he took me to this one place. I forgot what it – I can't even remember what it was called, but it was almost kind of like a, like a strip joint slash club. Mm. And um, I was 17 at the time <laughs> writing this um, Get Em Girls record and I'd never kind of – seen anything <laughs> like it. um you know kind of you know seen movies and stuff like that but this was just like this was out of 
the zone. Yeah, this yeah. is like out of the comfort zone. And it's very normalised there, I guess. It's very normal. It's very normal. Yeah, right. You, yeah, you eat like chicken wings and like um, maple syrup one with pan- pancakes. Anyway, um, yeah, we um, we just finished from the studio and they're like, oh, we'd love to take it to the club and obviously you know, a star, um, we go to this place and um, it, it was very kind of low-key. There's not a lot of people, but we tested the song out and it was the Saturday night song. Um, and it goes, um, yeah, we go right, right, right on a Saturday night. All the girls, they just hate it because they know we that tight about to. Um, so we played that and um, it was, it was, it was we all know very, it. very cool. It <laughs> yeah. was very cool because it was the first time um, – having heard it in yeah. that kind of environment sure. with those kind of people that live in that environment mm. and play those kinds of music. It's just their scene. Mm. And I've seen them go off and, like, all the fellas were just like, you know, like, yeah. wow. And and at, at one point I was like, are they just showing up to Luda or are they just, you know, yeah. is this just something? That, and I genuinely felt like my feeling of – what I'd experienced from um, hearing it, I was like, wow, this is this is very cool. This is going to go off. We're not in the Darwin Airport land yeah, anymore. Like, no. I feel like this is going to go off at home or mm-hmm. kind of set the experience or tone yep. of what that next flow of pop music mm. um, slash R&B was going to be like. So, yeah, take like taking those kinds of songs home was like, yeah, it was again was like a dream because I'd only ever seen them on Rage or yeah, I'd yeah, only ever sure. you know recorded them on on my um, tape recorder. So how, long, so how long ago would that been? So you were seven? Yeah, that would have been. No, yeah, that so that was a few albums that, ago. Yeah, so that was um, three albums ago. Yeah, three albums ago. So. That song's still very much getting a run oh, day cool. to day. Yeah, like, like I, you, you know? I, I still hear it. Yeah. Like I still hear it on, on on radio stations, and um, I'm really thankful. I see it see it streaming highly on, on on you know with the downloading and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see um when i when i do release something automatically um a lot of the other songs get bumped up to mm-hmm. and are shared um whereas that was never happening when i put my first record out it sure. was about selling cd's it was going to the in stores it was signing um you know hand signing uh, you know you know 500 cd's and meeting and greeting people and saying thank you um whereas now you just upload a song and instantly yeah. people are hearing it yeah like that still blows my mind i mm. get freaked out by it but um yeah it's it's such a fast and vast moving type of technology yeah. so what, what can we expect from this album obviously there's an album of malboy uh uncut yeah obviously you've, <laughs> yeah. you've been out you're now in a position where you can push back on the the old leather leatherman. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> keep um, getting these looks from the yeah. corner. <laughs> it's definitely grown. Mm. I feel like um, you know I'm, I'm not afraid to kind of speak on it. I'm not afraid to kind of share that story because I know it so well, and I've been sitting with it for this whole time of 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 writing music and finally kind of going, no, this is going to work because I can tell this story. No one can tell it better than I do. And I think projecting it that way instills a little bit of fear in, in um, the people that I work with because, because they don't know deeply my story and they haven't been, um, you know, 
it's so easy to package something and put something together with color and, and, and be a follower, but there's nothing greater than knowing your own story and being able to um, affect people with that yeah. because they've also been through that deeply. Um, so this record is definitely that and I feel it and I felt it, you know, even with the first song that I released, Sunday, not as big as Little Things, but still has that same effect where deeply it, it says something powerful about me honest mm. and my honest and my truth and um and i and 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 like little things little things i mean everyone loves a ballad everyone mm. loves to go to that dark place um to acknowledge it and you know to say thank you to see the light again so um i think um it's quite wonderful that i've really been able to be not afraid in in in, in this um on this on this path now yeah now, so we can expect, um, you know, the purest form of Malboy yet. And then the next album, of course, will be <laughs> the country album. where Go we country! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get... Look at them. But you've had such a such a interesting career and such a, you know, diverse career that we actually can't cover everything today. We, we didn't even get to go near um, Eurovision or oh, anything no. like that. But, <laughs> but as we said, you've got fans from everywhere. And, um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, like not many yeah. people have moved in as many circles as, as you in Australian music. I mean, uh, like we said, you, you've done State of Origins, you've done yeah. Grand Finals. Well, Origin again, I mean, I, I mean from, oh, from like 17 to 25, I mean, I mean, I love, I love footy, but I'm not like, I, I like, like, yeah, like I'm yeah. not, I mean, I'm not a player. I don't know what experience, I don't know what it feels like to be, you know, Who's roughed up on the field, the, you know. The like, what do they call it? The nutful? <laughs> Tiwi Islands. Tiwi Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, um, but I, yeah, like, I, I mean, I love the sports. I love to go and watch it. I love, you know, having that experience, watching it with my family. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's, there's. There is some kind of line to, you know, like, I mean, the offer of being an ambassador or the face of it was was kind of cool at the time. Mm. I didn't quite understand it as much as I know, as, as much as I do now. But, you know, like, I'm not a player. I don't know what that feels like to be on a field, you know, and, and you know, to try to JT. get a ball. You know, like, <laughs> and, and, and that, like, that experience, my, the music made sense. The mm. music of performing for for these for these players and their teams um, to go and battle on the field made sense to me, but to go and talk field is not my thing. Mm. Like I don't like, and you know, I wanted to make that clear because um through that experience, I had a lot of people ask, you know, why are you the face of NRL? Like you know, it does just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but <laughs> the fact that music is connected with these players, and mm. you know, when they go to their their rooms, they you know, they chuck on a song or, you know, they most of them do play my music. Um, that made sense to kind of go and, you know, and perform for them, you know, privately to go and sing to them, to wish them good luck on their, you know, on their next job or their next field or, you know, um, where they're going to fly to, um, to kind of remain, uh, you know, remain um, uh, all about their game. Mm -hmm. So... Um, that Not to made mention sense that Queensland them. side of that era was mostly blackfellas too, yeah. so it was like they, they <laughs> yeah, needed well, you there as was an that, ambassador. That was that connection too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was a very interesting time because I had a lot of there was a lot of conflict as well about me, um, you know, being the face of it. And um, but now you know I, I get it. I get both sides. I understand 
mm. at both. So, yeah, um, but loved it, enjoyed, and we'll still go and watch the games. And you'll get your AFL of... Grand Final too. Sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. you've done Love else. AFL too. Not not <laughs> oh, not ruling like, that out either. <laughs> like, it comes after like like when ACDC was was the face of the NRL. Oh yeah, and they openly admitted to being like. Don't know the rules. Yeah, don't know the don't game. Watch it. Born yeah, in Scotland, right. we're all from <laughs> Scotland, where there's yeah. no league. Yeah, so right. We well, just watch the football. Well, that like, would have been like Tina soccer. Turner, you know, yeah. like when she did simply the best, oh, like yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. know, and became the face. You know what I mean? Like, there's. Yeah. Get out and do it. Yeah. Get her. Get her. Bring bring her back. Simply the best. Yeah. Well, you tell me that Macklemore knew the difference between the rugby's. I know. I know. Yeah. It's a hard one. It's a hard one to be in, and I think if we can if we can drive it musically and not kind of you know politically then 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 that's okay if we can set aside the difference between it and not have someone you know just bring someone in and pay them big money sorry i'm like speaking on behalf of i don't know i'm yeah. speaking on behalf of but for myself i mm. think i think we should should set aside like mm. these people aren't the face of thing but we are you know admit it we are paying them to come and perform yeah, for sure. or we are paying them that amount of money just to be here to bring excitement there's mm. there's no shame in that yeah. i think um you know that should that should be open in a conversation that all communities that do invest in the game um you know, should be a part of definitely. Maybe that's a, a, a new part of your career that we can think of <laughs> because Jay Z's just been hired as the NFL's creative director. Oh, maybe wow. Mowboy might wow. be heading that way for the NRL. You can be the creative director. <laughs> yeah. Well, musically, I can. Yeah. Nothing, nothing beyond that barrier, I think. <laughs> Anyone but Mowboy. I'll write something, definitely for sure, but you know, I think the face is a little bit going too far. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us today, Jess. Thank uh, you. Thanks, brother. You've got a lot of fans in the Diamantina Shire. Obviously, you've got fans right around the country. Oh, big um, love that way, for sure. And, um, yeah, thank you. All the best with thank Hilda. You, thank you very much. Thank you, man. You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of The Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Desert Rock FM.